quick warning, this should serve as your viewer discretion advised moment. Some of these stories may be considered disturbing by some viewers, and as such, like I said. And if you have a true story you want to send my way, go to asTheRavenDreams.com slash submit, or check the links down below, and of course, thank you. I am a 41-year-old woman, but I remember vividly when I was four, my little brother and I shared a room with twin beds. I recall it well. His bed sheets were Star Wars, mine were Rainbow Bright, just setting the stage a little. Our beds were parallel to each other, facing a long and tall closet that was somewhat shallow. The door to the bedroom was to the left of the closet. I was lying in bed, playing with my strawberry shortcake doll when I heard the muffled whimper of my three-year-old brother on his bed to my right. Me, being the protective mother hen that I was, without looking over to him, asked him what was wrong. He answered me with a soft sob. I remember putting down my doll and starting to walk over to him, as I was closing the gap between us, about halfway there, he points towards the closet. He then hit his face and started to sob hysterically. I remember stopping and following his tiny pointing finger with my eyes. What I saw still gives me the chills to this day. In our closet was what I can only describe as an extremely tall void of darkness in the shape of a man. He was well over six and a half feet tall, and he seemed to be wearing a trench coat of some kind that went past its knees. It had what looked like an old-time western hat that was small but rounded. Mind you, there were no details, only the outlines, but his face. Where the eyes and mouth would be, there were swirling colors of, well, like energy or heat waves or something. I honestly don't know how else to describe it. His mouth, or the colorful energy swirls where his mouth would be, it was open, wide, as if he was screaming at us at the top of his lungs, yet we heard no sound. Now, thinking back, we had a shelf in the top of that closet, but he was standing through it. There was no other possible way, but this was not the scary one. On the floor next to this being's right knee, crouched down, was another creature. When I saw this creature, I released everything that I had in my bladder. I just peed all over myself. I was terrified to the point of paralysis, yet I was standing, stuck, frozen in terror, wet from urine in the middle of our bedroom. It looked like it was about to take off in a race. It was on all fours, and it looked like it was about to start running straight at me. It, too, was in the shape of a man, yet smaller and more animalistic. It was as if the taller man was holding it back, like he was walking a dog, almost. My mother and father must have heard my brother scream. I couldn't make a sound at that time. I remember them picking one of us up each to soothe our cries, you better believe, once I could, my lungs let loose one of the most horrific and blood-curdling screams. 
by that time, I was in full panic mode and unable to describe what we had witnessed. My father was holding me. I can still remember the smell of his cold leather jacket. It was the early 80s and he was a biker. His back was facing the closet. I thought he was there to save me, but when I looked up over his shoulder, I could still see the man with the colorful eyes and screaming mouth. I tried to show them. We tried to show them. But neither of our parents could see them. My dad slept in the room with us that night because we refused to sleep without him. A couple years later, and a whole other stayed away, that same man, minus the colorful eyes and mouth, terrorized me for a good couple of years. This time, he was made of total darkness. He was always there, it seemed, standing in the corner of my room, watching me in bed, or gliding down the hallway past my door, turning its head to look at me as it passed, peeking around my doorway, but as if it was laying on the ceiling, its head and hat poking around the top left-hand side of the door, before slowly sliding back. I was honestly traumatized, to tell you the truth. I would have terrifying nightmares that I truly 100% believe this being caused. Night terrors is more like it. For example, one of those night terrors was of him, or it, sticking a meat hook through my sister and hanging her on our bathroom door. I also dreamed of these little hooded beings coming out of a hole under a giant live oak in our backyard and catching cats to eat them. My childhood was terrifying, to say the least. As a disclaimer, I was never allowed to watch anything but cartoons and things like Fraggle Rock, so I was not influenced in any way that I can recall. No one believed me but my brother. I know this seems weird and random, but I named that man Cottonhead. I'm not sure why, but every night I would cry and beg my dad not to put me to bed because Cottonhead would come and every night he would tell me that it was just a dream. So, I got in trouble a lot my 7th grade year. I won't go into detail, but my mom and dad both worked and didn't trust me at home alone all summer. My mom signed me up to be a counselor in training at my local YMCA for a summer camp. I kind of hated it there, but I made a lot of friends that I still talk to to this day six years later. Throughout the day, me and the other kids my age were basically assigned to do what the actual counselors didn't feel like doing. We watched the kids, made sure everyone had food, counted heads, and kept everyone occupied, cleaned up, etc. But we didn't get paid like the real counselors. It was a crappy gig. Anywho, after long days of going to parks and doing activities, most of our parents were still at work. After hours, we would hang out in the Y until we got picked up. This YMCA had a pool, hot tub, and sauna. My friends and I would hang out in this area on occasion. One day in particular, me and three other girls went in the sauna for no reason, just really bored. 
We would jump from the cold pool to the sauna, which was probably terrible for homeostasis, but we found fun in doing it. We were going back to sit in the sauna for a few minutes, just laughing and talking, and there was an old man in there when we entered. As we sat in there, he just stared at us the entire time, smirking. He was staring at all of us in our swimsuits and breathing heavily. I remember we were all between 12 and 13, and there was no way we appeared any older. We all picked up on it, and we got up to leave. The man said in a deep voice, Are you girls behaving? We stared at each other and awkwardly laughed. Being young and naive, we thought maybe he worked there. We replied, with yes, which then he said, Good. I don't really like it when my little girls misbehave. We all got really uncomfortable and decided to go into the pool and stay there. After about five minutes, the man came and got into the pool, still staring at us. We just decided to go change and sit in the teen room, where he couldn't come in. The teen room was just an area where you could hang out and play video games. As we were changed and walking there, we noticed him following us. It was a long hallway to the teen room with no rooms on the way, except the teen room on the end and an exit. A few college-age male counselors took notice and came over to say hi to us. The old man turned around and walked back into his locker room. The counselor told us that that guy had been around, and they noticed him staring at us before we even went into the sauna. We were creeped out, but we all started getting picked up by our parents at that point anyway, so we soon forgot about it. For the next few days, we were instructed to stay in the teen room until pickup, because apparently the Y staff complained about kids our age running around the building. Towards the end of the summer, I was talking to some of the older guys, and they told me something that horrified me. Two girls, a couple years younger than us, got cornered in the hot tub, and the old man tried to grope them before being caught by a lifeguard, luckily passing through at the time. That explained why I hadn't seen these girls at camp lately, and why we were told to not be roaming around. I mean, I'm guessing there was legal action, or at least banning him from the building over this incident, because I've been back since and I haven't had any run-ins with him. I know the counselors felt guilty, because they could tell that he was a creep, and I somewhat did as well, but I couldn't really process all of it yet. This is more gross than a scary story, but I'm just thinking about what could have happened if the counselors didn't come over to us that day. The hallway had no cameras, no rooms, no windows, basically no supervision, and it led right out to a back parking lot that nobody really used. So, creepy pedo man from the sauna? Let's not meet again. So, when I was little, I was involved in something called Safety City. It's basically a program for kids that teaches you about safety during fires and shows you what different things mean, like stop signs and such. It was actually really fun for kids that age. 
after completing a task or answering a question right, you would get a sticker or a badge, and everyone got to wear police caps. Well, one afternoon after Safety City, I was outside playing with chalk or something else a five-year-old would be doing alone on the driveway. A white van drove by slowly and stopped in front of our basketball hoop. A man and a woman my parents' age, probably, got out of the van and said hello to me. They started speaking to me like they had known me since I was born. In fact, I think the lady said she remembered I was a very pretty baby and had a pretty shaped head. Whatever that means. After answering some mundane questions they had for me, the lady told me that she had puppies in the van. Of course, my ears perked right up, and I stood and said, Really? And the man chimed in. Yes, would you like to pet them? Without another thought, I grabbed the lady's outstretched hand, and I followed her to the van. I really wanted a damn puppy. And I was five, and so very stupid. She slid the door open and helped me hop up into a seat, and then slammed the door shut. No puppies. And, I mean, I got up and searched the entire back seat and the seats behind me. They both had gotten into the van and ordered me to sit down. They started driving, and at this point, I began to panic. We had just talked about getting in strangers' vehicles in Safety City earlier that day, and I had wandered right into the trap. After driving for what seemed like an hour, but it was actually a few minutes, we landed in front of my house again. They opened the van door and let me hop out, and I ran to my mom and dad who were standing on the driveway. I was sobbing, and I couldn't make out half of what they were saying to me. At this point, I noticed, let's call him Officer Meathead, standing on the opposite side of my dad. He was the teacher of my Safety City class. He explained to me that this was a test, and that I had failed miserably. The two people in the van were actually two of my parents' good friends who I just didn't remember. Long story short, this entire thing was a sick test to teach me to never get into cars with strangers. Ever. From that day on, I was always on guard for vans. Even if it was a neighbor that I knew very well, I basically gave them the screw you sign when they drove by and ran into the house. <laughs> I will never forget my dad picking me up, almost in tears, saying to me, Sissy, you cannot ever get into a car with a stranger. If a stranger approaches you, you scream bloody murder for daddy, okay? It might be worth mentioning that I live in a super small town in Ohio, where everyone knows everyone else. So, pretty much everyone's child went through this test if they took a safety city class. This occurred a couple years ago, during summer. Me and a group of four other friends were having a typical summer hangout. It was around 7pm, so the sun was close to setting, and we were at a playground. And about half a football field length away was a creek surrounded by woods. 
you really wouldn't know what was happening from the outside, unless you were really close to the creek. So, the five of us are hanging out, and it's our final summer before high school. In typical youthful shenanigans, one friend starts sprinting to the creek. Right before getting to the woods, she throws off her top. There's no one at or around the park or creek, so... Giggling, we all decide to splash around in our sports bras. Typical shenanigans. One friend, who was more cautious, stayed dressed while the rest of us swam in sports bras and normal underwear. Probably the least revealing you could get for quote-unquote skinny dipping. I was wearing my friend's t-shirt because I hadn't worn a sports bra and I just wanted to have more covering. In fact... Our swimsuits actually showed more skin. After about 15 minutes of great fun, everyone starts to look panicked. I have absolutely no spatial awareness, so my friend frantically points out a middle-aged man walking around the wooded creek with his phone out. Once again, this creek is very tucked away, so he couldn't have just been taking a stroll and... No one knew where he came from. All of us quickly and quietly start to get dressed, except for me. After trading my dress out for shorts that went with my wet, borrowed shirt, I decided I was going to confront the man. It was a total out-of-body experience. Every teen girl's worst nightmare. Still by my friends... I raised my voice and gave out one of those half-yells, and you could hear the panic in my voice. Hey, delete that video you took, I said. What? He replied. I didn't want him to come any closer, but he did. So then I said, Don't come any closer. Delete that video. We are minors, and that could be considered child-adult content in a court of law. I was on total autopilot and was just saying what I knew in the dorkiest way possible. The creep replied very smugly, It's not a video, sweetheart. At this point, we were all ready to get the hell out of there, and he starts walking back into the woods. Running to my friend's house the fastest we could, a lot of the girls started crying. I didn't want this guy to ruin our summer, so I started saying, Guys, it's not our fault that he was filming, Kids swim in the creek all the time. We just got unlucky that we were all alone. We made it home safe, but a year later, no one liked bringing it up or talking about it, and I almost get paralyzed with anxiety thinking about what that guy did with whatever he took of us. Moral of the story, no matter your intentions, don't go around filming young girls in the woods. It might be an oddity to you, but that crap is terrifying to us. This is the best community I could think to post this. It's a little long, so bear with me. But we need some answers. This happened about four months ago to my wife while alone driving at night. She was coming home from her parents' house in the back roads of Ohio at about midnight. She said that the road she usually takes to get back to our house was closed due to the never-ending road work here, 
so her GPS took her on a detour, about 30 minutes out of the way down a road that she has never been down. About halfway down this creepy road, she said she got this feeling that she needed to slow down coming around this curve. As she did, she turned and down a ways in the middle of the road was... this... thing. She said she thought it was a deer at first, but quickly realized it was something else. She said it was tall, easily taller than her car, but standing on all fours. It was kind of naked, almost, but still had some fur-looking stuff, just blotchy, as if it was molting or something. It was extremely muscular, almost like a bodybuilder, and its exposed skin was kind of pale pinkish-gray color. She kept saying over and over again how muscular its arms in particular were. The face was the most disturbing part, though. Big yellow glowing eyes and a huge mouth hanging open, exposing an empty black hole. And it appeared to be hanging on by shreds of skin. She described the shape of its head as similar to a Dementor from Harry Potter. Flat, oval, and long. No definitive nose, just huge empty mouth and glowing yellow eyes. She said as she approached it, it jumped out of the way. And in the middle of the road were several small dead animals. The worst part, though, was when she made eye contact with it, She said she felt severe existential dread, as if she was 100% going to die. Her fate was sealed and it was going to be at the hands of this creature. That feeling never went away, and that entire ride home she kept looking behind her the whole time. She says she now sees it pacing the tree line at our house late at night, almost as if it's waiting for an opportunity to finish what it needs to do. I have heard banging on our porch, scratching at our bedroom window. Big claw marks have appeared on our balcony, in our yard, on my car. We have had wood ripped away from our balcony outside of our bedroom. Worst of all, our two-year-old Chihuahua went missing a few weeks ago when we let him out to use the bathroom. He hasn't been seen since. I have never personally seen it but I 100% believe her. She is so scared to even look outside at night. She's convinced that if she makes eye contact with it again, it'll be over. What is this thing? Is there anything we can do? If you want more to the story, I will answer comments. We have done a tiny amount of research, but nothing similar has come up. And thank you to anyone who answers. I pulled this story from Reddit, but come to find out it's actually by a fellow YouTuber, Lunar Lucy. Her link is down in the description below, and I would love it if you would please go check out her channel. And thank you, Lucy, for letting me use your story. I'm a desk assistant for my university, and basically all I do is rent out vacuums, give spare keys to rooms, and answer questions. I have a super late night shift on Saturdays from 8pm to 12am, and I live on the other side of campus. 
the buses also don't run that late, so I have to walk home. For some reason, when I was closing the desk, I got a gross feeling, like a pit in my stomach as if something bad was going to happen. I, of course, shrugged it off because I needed to get home. And this feeling definitely did not go away when I walked by a group of guys outside the building who were saying some gross things. Not to me, just in general, but one guy was staring me down. I walked away quickly so they couldn't trail me. As I walked, I listened and checked behind me the whole way home. However, I got to this dark patch of forest between Central and South Campus. It wasn't super dark. You could see the other buildings through the trees, but it was still a bit scary. I debated taking one of two paths. One was kind of longer, but would get me to a well-lit area faster, and the other one was in total darkness, but I would get home quicker. As I was walking up to it, there was a light bouncing on the longer path in the distance. I assumed it was a biker with a headlight. Mind you, this is a college campus, it's not uncommon to see students out this late. Because I felt like it was a person, I decided to take that path. But the bouncing light wasn't actually moving towards me like a biker would be. Instead, it was just bouncing around on one part of the path. And once I got close to it, it suddenly bounced off the path and disappeared over the small hill that surrounded the path. I wasn't scared, though. I actually felt kind of at ease when I saw it. When I got home, I texted my mom about it, and that's when she reminded me that my great-grandmother would see lights similar to what I saw. It started when she was around my age, too, and she was scared of them, until she realized that they would never harm her. If anything, they would actually guide her. There were a lot of times they would save her from something, or from seeing something. So, I don't know. Maybe they knew about the path debate that I had in my head, and knew that I would pick the path that seemingly had a person on it. Either way, I made it home safe. This story takes place about July 28th of this year. Everything written is 100% true, and we still have no idea what on earth we experienced. The day started pretty normal. We were just messing around with music and YouTube for about half an hour, watching old Shane Dawson horror videos for the memes. Ty suggested that we go to check out the hill out back, to see if anything was different at about 4 or 5 p.m. Levi and I agreed, so we headed to the hill to check it out. Once we got to the hill, we noticed everything was completely normal. We wandered the top for a while, when from out of nowhere we heard loud growling and heavy running footsteps by the trail leading to the top. For how far away the edge of the hill was, the noises sounded like they were right behind us. As all three of us turned around to investigate, the growling got more intense. I thought it was a bear, but there's not many bears where I live, so it was highly unlikely. 
Once the growling stopped, we ran towards the trail because that was the safest way down, as the other sides of the hill were too steep to safely descend. We were running as fast as we could, and as we went down the hill, all of us heard footsteps behind us, which spiked our adrenaline, and we ran even harder. Once we got to the shed by the garage, that was where we stayed most of the night. Occasionally, we would leave the shed and get our food from the garage. We finally decided to go out again. Before we did, though, Levi set up a phone as a security camera. As we left, the lights began flickering on and off. We went back to the hill, but this time it was abnormally quiet. I suddenly got a feeling of being watched and began anxiously searching for the watcher. I told the others and we began to head back to the shed. Levi got a notification from the security camera saying there was movement detected. We got back to the shed and investigated the footage, only to find some humanoid creature walking into frame and lurking, seemingly looking for us for about ten seconds before leaving the frame. While we were trying to figure out what the creature was, I heard loud crunching followed by growling, and then loud thudding footsteps running around behind and next to the shed. At this point, we were all freaking out, and suddenly the lights began to flicker. We decided that we would head out one more time about 20 minutes later to investigate what was outside. Ty whistled to get my attention and tell me something. I don't remember what, but as soon as I looked away, I heard him whistle again, so I looked at him. I won't forget the look of terror on his face as he said that he didn't whistle. We ran to the shed, and we heard even more footsteps. Eventually, they stopped, and we fell asleep. I'm pretty sure that's it. So yeah, thanks for reading, and I do genuinely hope that nothing like this happens again. So that was a collection of seven true scary stories, a bit of a grab bag approach, if you will. A huge thank you to everyone who listened. I want you to know how much I appreciate all of you. Listening to my content, watching my videos is a huge thing for me, so thank you so very much. I don't feel like I say that enough, so thank you again. And a huge thank you to everyone who let me use their stories from Reddit. I really do appreciate it. Without you all, this channel would not be where it is, so thank you again. If you enjoyed the video, please do hit that thumbs up button, letting me know that you enjoyed it. Leave me a comment, letting me know your thoughts on the video, on the stories, which one was your favorite, or just me in general, or just say hi. That actually means a lot to me too. If you're new, consider hitting that subscribe button. That helps the channel as well. There's a lot of things you can do to help the channel. So, If you want to support me and help me personally to continue doing this, you can go to patreon.com slash as the raven dreams or click that join button down below where for one dollar a month you can get early access to all my content and extra stuff as things happen uh never expected always optional and always greatly appreciated so once more a huge thank you to all of you i really do appreciate it and i hope you have a great day and i hope i'll see you on the next video but until then Sleep well.